Father God, we just thank you for today. We just thank you for your goodness. And we just thank you for this time that we have, the opportunity we have to come together and celebrate you. I think that our minds would just be open to receive. Our hearts would be open to receive of you. And Lord, just speak to us here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we started last week, and so this is a two-part kind of series together. Uh, So I I just want to review just a little tiny bit. I usually don't do too much review, but, you know, we we sing the song, Oh, Come All You Faithful, and we're going to sing that again tonight at the end uh, of this service because there's this little line that says, Oh, come let us adore him. And when I heard that, you know, a few weeks ago, I heard the song again because we always hear these the, the, the Christmas songs at this time of year. I started thinking, what does it really mean to adore the Lord? And so last week we did part one, let us adore him. And adore to the, uh, in the dictionary when I went to dictionary.com because we don't use actual paper anymore. Everything's electronic, although I did print this out. And you know why I print my notes out? Side note already we're getting distracted but the reason i use paper is because i don't trust all electronics now i could use my ipad and and bring it up here and do it besides my ipad is a nice little clock right there it's telling me what time it is and i have seen every electronic device fail at one point or another it seems so i don't trust it 100% so i'm making sure i make sure i have my notes that way I can actually come and talk to you and we're not singing for the whole service because that's what we would do if I didn't have... No, I'm kidding. We wouldn't do that the whole time. But uh, dictionary.com, adore. It says, to regard with the utmost esteem, love and respect to honor, to pay divine honor to, to worship. And so when I look at that definition, it, it, it has a lot there. And in the Bible, and we're going to read uh, the uh, a Bible dictionary definition here in a few moments as we go through. But when I looked at that, I looked at divine honor and to love, respect. And so, well, why? And, and, and worship. And there's all these things that's part of adoring the Lord because the definition has so much with it. There's all these things that go with adoration to the Lord. And so I started to ask the question to myself, why should we adore the Lord? And last week we answered that question by saying, just because of who Jesus is. Jesus is number one, our Savior, number two, our Lord, and number three, our King. And see, we come to him first and he is our Savior when we give our life to him. In Romans it says that we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord we're saved. That's what Romans says. And so those are the two things we've got to do is believe in our heart that Jesus rose from the dead and we confess him as Lord, that makes me saved. That means that Jesus has just become my savior. Or when you look in the Greek, that word also means deliverer. And we know that the Jews were looking for the deliverer to come and deliver them. What were they looking for? They were looking for that relationship to be restored with God, to be delivered from the state that they were in physically. Now, a lot of them had a different idea of what it meant, 
but we know today that it was to restore that relationship with the Heavenly Father that we can communicate with Him individually. We don't have to go through someone else. We don't have to jump through hoops or do anything like that. We can simply look up to heaven, close our eyes, do it how we want to do it, and say, Heavenly Father, and begin to speak to Him, and He can speak to our hearts. And so that is what we mean by Jesus delivering us. He is our Savior, and He is also our Lord. In other words, He's not just our Savior. He's my Lord. In other words, I serve Him. And all that I do, my life, is to be of service to Him. I'm to give over everything and make Him my Lord. And I'm to respect Him as King and give Him honor as King because He is King over all. And so there's more that was with that. And if you want to get online, if you missed that last week, you can get on and look at that. But one of the things we also said was that we should adore God just because He's good as well. We serve a good God. Can I get an amen on that? And that amen is so be it. He is good. He is good. He is the very definition of good. See, goodness has to kind of be bestowed upon us. We have to, it's an, it's an added attribute. But for God, He just is good. He just is. I like that. So for, for us, goodness is the added quality, but God, he is good. So tonight I want to answer the question, how we should adore him. And now listen, there, there's all kinds of ways that we can answer that question. There's all kinds of things that we can do to adore him. Because when you look at that definition that we just read, there's all kinds of things. But I want us to look specifically at a few things tonight. And we're going to uh, do a couple of things because, you know, this, the story that we have of Christ being born in the manger shows us a few things of how we should adore him. And we can look at that as an example of the shepherds, an example of the wise men, and we can take their example and we can build upon that in our adoration to the Lord. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 15, and look at the shepherds first. And we read last week about uh, the angel appearing to the shepherds, and so we're going to continue on in verse 15. And it says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them, and remember, the angels had come and said, uh, you know, talked to them and told them everything about the Lord coming, and the deliverer has come. And so now the, the angels had gone away. And the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Now remember, just keep in mind those two words, go and see, which the Lord has made known unto us. In verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And so back at verse 15 they said to one another, let's go and let's see. So the first thing after the angels said was, we've got to go and we've got to see. Jesus said in, in a few places there in the gospels we see it in Matthew uh, chapter 7. He says to seek and you will what? You will find. 
And so I believe when we're going to adore the Lord, if we're going to look at that definition of adoration, we're going to pay respect, we're going to pay honor, we're going to love, we're going to worship, we're going to praise him as God. What we first have to do is we have to go, we have to seek him. We have to do what they did. They went to seek, so we have to seek. Now, seeking for the shepherds was folding up what they were doing right there in the fields and tending to the sheep, and they left what they were doing to go now for uh, and to travel to where they needed to go. Now, for us, a little different. Seeking is a little different. The number one way that we can seek him is read his word. It's his word. We look in the word and we get instructions and the Lord speaks to us through his word. We can also, through prayer and praising him and worship him, all of these things are seeking him out. And what are we really doing? What we're doing is, is we're acknowledging who he is as Savior, Lord, and King as we're reading in the word and as we're praying and we're seeking. And what we're doing is, is we're aligning our will with his will. Remember the Lord's prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's his will. So what we want to do is line up our will with his will. What is it? Father God, what is it that you have for me? What do you have for me here on this earth right now at this time? At this time, when we seek we'll find. As it says in Matthew 7, we'll knock and it'll be open to us. So the first thing that we do that the shepherds did, go and see. We'll go and see. And then what happened? What did that cause them to do after they went to see? It caused them to do something. We look again in verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So when you seek, it's going to cause a response in you. It's going to cause something to take place inside of you and you're going to glorify and you're going to praise God. When you seek him, you'll find him. And when you find him, you'll glorify him and you'll praise him. And this is all part of adoring the Lord. Now, I looked up this word glorify because, you know, maybe... Maybe I, I might be by myself, I'm not sure, but when I read in the scripture these, these words, and sometimes I'm, I look at them, I'm like, I don't know what that means. And when I was in school, there were very few subjects I was good at. And it was P.E. and P.E. And then there was this other class called P.E. I was good at that class. Everything else? Eh, now, there were some things I did like. I, I liked some of the, the history classes. If I had a good teacher, I liked it. I had the science class. I, I liked it. But English was one I just I didn't like until my senior year. And I had this teacher, and she was just good. How many can remember, like, a really good teacher you had in school? This was Mrs. Drake for me. I still remember her name. Do not ask me the name of any of my teachers from my junior and senior year, I don't think I'll remember. I really don't. Did you have Miss Drake too? You did. Justin had him, had her. She was awesome. I just really liked this woman. She was no baloney. You, you didn't, oh man, 
you would think by her appearance that you were going to get over on her. You weren't. And I liked that about her because I had other teachers that people just got, and there were arguments and shouting matches in class, and it was pathetic, right? This lady was just awesome. But there was one thing that in the first month of, you know, four weeks, the first four weeks, I despised that, that we did. But by the end of the year, I loved it. I began to really love this about this class. On Fridays, it was Friday at the end of class, you take your sheet of paper and you just write. Whatever comes to your mind is what she would say. And you just write. And you don't worry about spelling. That was one thing. It just perked my ears up. I don't have to worry about spelling. Grammar, commas, period. You know, just, I mean, do your best. But don't worry about it because I'm not counting off for any of that. I just want you to flow. And I just want you just to write and just get it out. Your week, your day, what you're going to do this weekend, I don't know. Just whatever you want to do. And at first I was like, I don't know what to do. I need a subject. I need something. Tell me what to write. And I remember those first few weeks just like wanting to pull my little hair out because I have little hair. I had little hair then and I have little hair now. I I just wanted to pull, I I just didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. But then one day it just, it just clicked and I loved her for it. She set me up for my writing class, the next two writing classes at Nova that I had. I did great in those English classes on my papers because of her, because I learned how to write in her class and I didn't know how to write before her class. She was a good, good teacher and I was able to just flow because of what she taught. And I look at these words that are in the, in the Bible and sometimes I feel like I just, I want to pull my hair out because I don't know what they all mean and how they go together. But the more I seek and the more that I look and the more that I study and I get in there, I start to get it. Just like in the beginning, it, it can be frustrating at first. Church, I know, I've been there and I've been there and I've been there. But the more that you do it, just like it took me a while to get used to, to writing and just flowing that out, you know, it gets easier and easier as I study and as I learn these words and I look at these words and now it's fun. I like to look at them. I want to, to, to know what it means. I want to know what glorifying means. I want to look at this word and I want to unpack it and look at it because there's something that God's got for me right there in his word and I need to unpack it. I need to look at it. I've got to break out my Strong's Concordance. I've got to break out the other resources that I have and look at the Greek and what, what it was meaning in the context of that, of that chapter. And now, and there's a flow that takes place as I look at the word of God. And as I'm seeking I'm finding. Don't give up in your seeking. Always seek. Just as the shepherds, they went and they went to go see. And when they came out of it, they were praising God. I looked at this word right here, glorifying. I began to look at it and we're going to look at it in a moment. And I came out with a greater understanding. And what I did, it it, it created a response. It brought a response out and it was Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. You know, that's what it was. It it was a response of praise, just as the shepherds, they went, they saw, they found it, and they praised. 
Let's look at this word glorifying in the Greek. To glorify God, meaning to render glory to him, recognizing him for who and what he is, to celebrate with praises, worship, adoration. And there's that word adoration when I look this up in the Greek. See, the word adore or adoration doesn't appear in Scripture It's part of the other words that we find in Scripture. So to find it, you have to dig a little. It's kind of like digging for lost treasure. You don't know what you're digging for. You know that guy you go to the beach in the summer and you're down there with that, you know, metal detector on the beach and you could be out there a long time, but when you find something that you really, wow, you know, that's a, you know, I was talking to one guy who had one of those metal detectors one time and he was telling me some of the things he's found. Watches that worked. Some of them were expensive. He found watches, plural, on the beach. Been doing it for years down at down one of these beaches we were at. I don't even remember when that was. And, you know, he's found all these things. But when he finds something, it was exciting to him. In church, when you dig in the Word and you find something, it can be exciting. Very exciting. Meaning to render glory. Recognizing him for who and what he is. He's our Savior our Lord, our King. That's what glorifying, they glorified, when they went, they saw everything as the angel had spoken to them. They saw it was so, and they glorified, they recognized him for who he was. In other words, their behavior switched just a little bit. It was like, wait a minute. This is the Lord. Christ is the Lord. We just sing that, you know, Christ is the Lord the Lord. He's here. The Messiah, the deliverer has come. We're going to glorify. We're going to praise his name. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says this, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. See, to recognize him for who he is and what he is, you do that in your heart, yes, but you also do it with your mouth. Just in the same way that we do it when we get saved, we do it with our heart, we believe in our heart, we do it, we confess with our mouth that he is Lord. When we glorify we do the same thing. When we praise God, we do it not just in our heart. We bring a sacrifice of praise to him with our lips, the fruit of our lips. This word adore in the Eastern, Easton's Bible Dictionary, it means this, to worship, to express reverence and homage. The forms of adoration among the Jews were putting off the shoes. We see that in Exodus 3, 5 and Joshua 5, 15 and prostration. We see that in several places. The phrase to kiss the son in Psalms 2.12 is to adore and worship him. That's from the Easton Bible Dictionary. To worship, to express reverence and homage. There was a way that they did that. We see this in Psalms 95.6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. See, this was important because it was an act of worship, but it wasn't just any worship. When you bow down, when you kneel, what you were doing, you're submitting to that person. You are submitting to their lordship. 
You are submitting to the king. You know, in the Bible times, when the king, when you entered the king's court, you came and you bowed when you came into the king's court, when you came before him. Esther, even Esther came and Esther put on certain garments before she came into the court. And, and the, the king's sepulcher, he had to, you know, raise that, like it's okay for you to enter. And she entered and bowed before him. We see this in scripture. This was a sign of submission to the authority and the position of that individual. When we bow before the Lord, we are submitting to him in everything that we do. Yes, maybe we don't throw ourselves down, which would be okay and it's fine. I know I've done it. We can get on our knees in prayer. We can kneel. We can lay out prostration before the Lord. We can do that. But we do that throughout our days, even when we're not. We're submitting to God, to his ways, to his commandments. That's how we adore the Lord. Again, how should we adore him? How do we answer this question? There's so many ways, and we just talked about so many. I think one of the best ways is what the wise men show us. Let's look at it. Matthew 2, verse 11. Verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. There's that word. They were coming to worship, to adore the Lord. Verse three, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. Yeah, right. Verse 9, after hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground, this is part of, you know, prostrated themselves, and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In verse 11, this verse here is the key. They fell to the ground and worshiped, which we talked about that as part of adoration. But the next part is, is they brought gifts. They brought something to bring to the deliverer, the Savior, the Lord the king, they brought something and presented it to him. And so I began to look at that and I asked my, what gifts can we bring? In 2011, I did a message on time, talent, and treasure, a message series. It was three messages there. And out of that series, I read this verse here in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Church, we were created to do good works. I want to read this verse again in the New Living Translation. It says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. There are many things, talents, gifts that have been given to us by God, and we are to use them for him and for his glory. That is bringing a gift to the Lord. They say, I am going to use myself. I am going to give myself. You are the gift, church. I am the gift. I give myself to God every day. This year, in 2017, this year, Christmas, I'm going to give myself over to God. Everything that I do is going to bring glory to the Lord. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, we've read this verse many times here before. I've talked about it a lot. Because Christ was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He died. That's what's just so, I, so amazing about God. He died. But all he expects for us in return from us is that we are a living sacrifice. That's why it's reasonable. We get to live. It's a whole lot better than dying. He died so that we could live. He died so that we could have life everlasting. My eternal life has already begun. It begun the day I believed in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead and I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. My eternal life has already begun. That's it. The greatest gift that we can give is ourselves and be a living sacrifice for him. What does that mean? It means to sacrifice for others to truly walk in love to others. Let's read it. I always go back to this. I won't ever stop talking about this right here. John 15, verse nine. As Jesus says this, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. What's so amazing about this is that Jesus has one commandment, one for us to follow, and that's to love others. When you're loving others, you're being a living sacrifice for him. When we're all about those around us, when we're loving them, you ever heard that, you know, like we've told, maybe you've said this to somebody, maybe somebody said it to you, you know, the world don't revolve around you, man. Not everything, it's not all about you. It's all about God. You know, we sing that song, it's all about you. We're singing it to Jesus. We're not singing it about you. We're not singing it about me. 
It's all about those around. So I decrease so he can increase. I decrease so others around me, I'm showing that love to those around me. And what does that, and see, that doesn't always sound attractive, like me decrease, me give up my wants, my desires to, you know, to put others first above me, to put others' needs ahead of my own, to walk in a way that I'm always looking at others and putting them ahead of myself. That doesn't always sound attractive. It doesn't always look good. It, you know, and it may, maybe you look at it and go, well, that's what we're supposed to do. It's not so easy to do it though, is it? It doesn't always sound good. That's for sure. Because there's some times where we want to be selfish or there's some times where we want to do what we want to do. I want to do what TJ wants to do rather than love someone else. I'd rather it just be about me. But the thing is, is what we don't always think about, what we always don't comprehend is that when we're putting others ahead of ourselves, look, look at this in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So when I'm putting others first and I'm loving others, I have joy. In other words, it's fun. That's right. It's fun. It's actually something that I'll want to do. I'll get something out. I end up getting something out of it. You know how a lot of people don't want to do anything unless they get something out of it. We're sacrificing for others and we still get something. God's saying sacrifice and we still get something out of it, which is joy, the joy of the Lord. I mean, there is no lose-lose with God. You always win with God. Always. I always win. That's what's so awesome about Christ and how the Father sent his Son in this manger, and it was a manger Contrary to popular belief, Jesus wasn't born in a barn. He was born in a manger. Yes, yes. And what does manger mean? And you look it up. I'll let you study it later. If you were thinking, what do you mean? I thought he was with the donkeys and the sheep and whatever else. No, he wasn't. He was born in a manger. He was born there for us. He came to this earth as God and man fully fashioned himself as a man, but he was still God. And he did it for you and me. And then he died for us. And all he expects in return is to be a living sacrifice for him and to love others. And we still get something in return. Isn't that beautiful? It's just awesome. When you adore the Lord, when you glorify him, when you Focus on God. When you dig, when you seek, when you go, when you do these things, God is pleased. And not only is he pleased, he begins to bless us. And he pours out those blessings on us as we seek him. You know, every year we hang up stockings in our house. And we have a stocking. One year, Carrie Ann did this. I'm not sure when you started this. I forgot to ask you. But I'm not sure when she started this. It's been that long. So she got these nice velvety stockings and she put Jesus on one of them. And Jesus hangs up there as well. Uh, and Jesus is in the middle. 
we, we line up our stockings and we put Jesus in the middle. And uh, that's because the center of the, the world does revolve around him. It doesn't revolve around us. It revolves around him. So Jesus we put in the middle. And you know, I, when she put that on there and hung that up, at first I felt a little funny. Just full disclosure here, being real honest. I felt a little funny. Because, you know, I, I look at a lot of Christmas things and traditions and Santa Claus, ho, 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 and all that stuff. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with any of those. I, I sat on Santa's lap. But it almost felt like I was mixing some things up that just weren't intended to kind of be mixed up. You know, it just, it just felt weird. But then I started thinking about it a little bit more. And the Lord spoke to me. Because it wasn't just that she was going to put this on there. It was that we were each in our family, we were going to write down on something that we were going to give to Jesus that year for Christmas. And usually it was something, you know, for me, it was something that I needed to make a certain change in my life, you know, for him. Maybe it was how I was treating my wife or how I was treating others or whatever it may be. And we wrote these down and we put them in the stocking that year. And so we did it some years, some years. I don't think we necessarily, you know, stuck something in there, but I always did it right here because I could see that stocking hanging up. And I always, it, it was a, it's a reminder to us that I want to give something to the Lord. I'm going to give me. And yes, I'm going to get me, but I also, I got a little more specific each time. I, I wanted to be specific about things. Lord, and I would ask the Lord, just like I asked my wife, what do you want for Christmas? That's a challenge. What do you want? I don't know. You know, we ask the kids, what do you want for Christmas? They start telling me, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me write that down. You know, they, they know. Honey, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. It takes me a while to draw it out of her. As we seek the Lord, and at this time of year, I'm like, what do you want, Lord? What do you want for me this year? What am I going to put in the stocking? What do you want me to change? Or what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to speak to? Who do you want me to pray for? Open up doors. You know, I, I, I just start thinking, I start looking at that. It's a reminder. It sits up there. Sits up there from Black Friday to what is it? New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? New Year's Eve. So Black Friday to New Year's Eve. I see this every day. And it's a reminder that I'm to give something to the Lord. I'm going to ask the praise team to go ahead and come back up to stage. If you guys, oh, you guys are already here. Yeah, go ahead and come on out. And um, we're going to sing this song here in just a moment, O Come, All Ye Faithful. And what I want us to do, I want to share this tradition with you. I'm going to say that not all traditions are bad. You know, Jesus talked about the traditions of man and that, that kind of thing. But, you know, we take communion, we do different things. Not all traditions are bad. And this was a good one in my family, I think. It was a really good one. And the Lord spoke to me about it. And so I want to share that with you tonight. And if you have a pen, and hopefully you have those index cards, 
you can you don't have to put your name on there or anything like that. It can just you know be anonymous or however you want to do it. And I'm going to bring this down front there. Um, I'm going to give it to my wife and let her hold it there. And as we play this song, as you hear from the Lord and you write down on that index card what you want, you can come and put it in the stocking. You can just put it in there as a sign that, you know, this is what I'm giving to you this year, Lord. I'm giving this to you. And at the end, Dad's going to, you know, pray over those and, and we can do that. And we'll give those gifts to the Lord and present them. Just as the wise men came, they presented their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A lot of people, a lot of theologians talk about the significance of those. And really it's, it's some guesswork because we don't know. The scripture doesn't say what those were for. Possibly they, they were all valuable. Those gifts were very valuable. And they had to flee and go to, to Egypt. And so it probably financed their trip and their stay in Egypt in all likelihood. A lot of theologians believe that. But we want to give gifts just like they gave to the Lord. The gifts were valuable. So when you write down, write down something valuable. When you think about the gifts of time, talent, treasure, the things that we can give, you know, and it's not just money. It's being that living sacrifice. What am I going to give up? What is of value to the Lord? What is in his word that says that is value? And we know, we read some of these scriptures, we read these, which is to love him and love others as he's loved us. And so write those down. And I'm going to come down forward now and give this to Carrie Ann. And any time during the song, you can come down and you can place this in the stocking. It can be kind of hard to write while you're standing. So if you want to finish right, you can. But if you're not writing, if you could stand with me <laughs> this morning, <laughs> this evening, amen. You can stand with us. We're going to worship. And this is the song that has that phrase, Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Respect, honor, divine honor, to love. Remember that definition, all those things. To bow, prostrate, you know, all those things. So let's do that now. Let's adore him. Let's worship him. Let's give our gifts, give our gifts to him, and let's worship. And we're going to go all the way through the song. Amen, church. All right, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship. Oh, come, let us adore.